Hello, welcome to episode 2035. Uh, this episode is on Mao, Chairman Mao, the most evil, vile, psychopathic human like creature to exist. <laughs> and he was called Chairman Mao Zedong. So I bought this little red book of quotations that had zero publisher markings on it and, uh, from Amazon. And it was labeled independent publisher on the website. And so when I got it, I flipped through, there was nothing, right? So it's most likely the Chinese Communist Party is still publishing the, these, these books. So Mao launched, and, and Amazon is selling the books published by that communist, Chinese Communist Party, I'm assuming. Right, so Mao launched... Uh, this hundred flowers campaign just to give you a little bit of background on the guy where he encouraged citizens to freely express criticism of the national policy in China. He then targeted the critics and sent them to prison labor camps. <laughs> so this is Mao, right? So he would also give uh, mangoes. I think somebody in Pakistan had given him a mango one time, and he was like, "Oh, mango!" You know, like never seen a mango before. So he was he was a rube. When you come to when you think about uh, backwoods rubes, Mao was, you know, rice paddy rube. Anyways, uh, so afterwards he would give mangoes to people in factories or whatever to show, uh, you know, support you know, good job, here's here's a mango, <laughs> right? And so when a dentist compared, in China, a dentist compared a mango to a sweet potato, he was executed for malicious slander, <laughs> right? This is Chairman Mao, right? So uh, another, a good example of the idiotic logic of communists is when Mao ordered the extermination of sparrows, the bird, the little sparrows. The sparrows had been seen eating grain and fruit. So they were bad, according to the communist logic. Ooh, eat, eat grain and, and fruit must be bad. Let's kill them all. Eradicate sparrow from earth, right? So uh, after the sparrows were killed, the insects that the sparrows would eat, like locusts, quickly eradicated the Chinese crops, <laughs> causing mass starvation of the Chinese people, right? What a communist. Like this is, this is the logic of these people. So, uh, another little tidbit of Mao is that he gave women, he had, a an entourage of women that he would bone and he gave them STDs. And when his doctor suggested that Mao protect his sexual partners by taking some antibiotics. Mao replied, if it's not hurting me, then what does it matter? What a piece of shit, right? So apparently it gets worse. Mao also had terrible personal hygiene and he would rarely clean his junk. And when asked about it, Mao said, I wash myself inside the bodies of women. No wonder he was giving them STDs, the filthy pig. Anyways, he would, uh, he would also never brush his teeth. So th this guy is a pig of a human being. If you want to call him a human, 
So he was a pig of a creature, right? And and stupid kids today in the West call themselves Maoists. <laughs> yeah, my hero Mao. So let's dig into the uh, this record of wrong. His little book here, the the Journal of Hatred, this Register of Turpitude. <laughs> the uh, the introduction is it's pretty humorous, and it sums up the expected level of critical thinking on behalf of the leader. Uh, they are. Let's see here. Study Mao's writings, follow his teachings, and act according to his instructions. Not too much critical thinking going on there, right? Follow his teachings, act according to his instructions. Do what you're told, right? Don't think, just do what you're told. Yeah, so this guy, Lin Piao, was a simp peon who uh, wrote how Mao's thought is of the era when imperialism is heading for total collapse and socialism is advancing to worldwide victory, right? These people throw the word imperialism around, right? Like it's all oh, the crown is doing this or whatever, right? There's, but then you, if you start thinking about what these words actually mean and what people actually are doing, right? So let's, let's pause and review the definition of imperialism. Imperialism is a policy or ideology of extending the rule over people and other countries and other countries for extending political power and economic access, power and control, often through employing hard power, especially military force, but also soft power. So let's review what globalism is, right? Just a little refresher. Globalism is a national geopolitical policy in which the entire world is regarded as the appropriate sphere for a state's influence. Hmm. Is that much different from imperialism? Uh, now let's review what communism is. Communism is, according to Marx a philosophical, social, political, and economic ideology and movement whose goal is the establishment of a communist society on a global scale. So global control, rule over the planet's ideology and society. <laughs> wow, imperialism so bad, right? Mao was intelligent and evil and psychopathic. Uh, I don't know, social, I think a sociopath knows they're doing stuff that's wrong. So maybe he was a sociopath. A psychopath, I don't think, knows they're actually doing things that are wrong. But I think that may be the difference. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but what Mao often did was to use a bit of common sense, a common tactic for his propaganda was to put a little bit of common sense out there and then immediately after or before, whichever, it doesn't matter the order, he would add his propaganda. Or... His, he would throw, amongst his propaganda, he would throw a few, a smattering of some good ideas. For example, he would mention things uh, like good ideas, like self-criticism, and then conflate this with his evil ideology of communism. It's, uh, it's then that you slowly realize he doesn't mean being self-critical. He means self-policing. Uh, self 
your thoughts uh, that vary from the Marxist-Leninist stupidity that only a moron would subscribe to, right? But the self-policing, right? So he tries to trick you into being self-critical, which is a good thing. You always question, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? Now, you don't want to get into a rabbit hole where you're paralyzed with indecision, right? You need to decide and move, right? But he he conflates uh, self-critical thought, which is a good thing, with self-policing, which I guess self-policing can be in its proper location. You know, you don't want to Somebody, uh, you know, pisses you off. You don't want to go with a crowbar and bash their head in, right? You want to limit yourself a little bit depending on the circumstances. Maybe there's, you know, anyways. So, but generally, you know, you uh, being self-critical and self-policing are two different things, right? Self-policing your thought is, is, is a bad thing, right? You want to be able to explore your thoughts and explore concepts and ideas, right? Only then can we find the truth, right? So, uh. His writing is loaded with logical fallacies that any critical thinker would notice, right? Uh, a recurring flaw of reason is uh, typical amongst communists is the bigotry of classes. Mao stereotypes people into classes and then claims those classes are monoliths. They're all the same, right? If he puts you in a class, then everybody in that class thinks the same way. Example, in, uh, in his class society, Everyone lives as a member of a particular class and every kind of thinking without exception is stamped with a brand of that class. Now that's what he said. That's a quote without exception is stamped with the brand of that class. This is very simplistic and erroneous thinking. Uh, I could just as easily create a class of people let's say professors who have poor critical thinking or poor critical faculties. <laughs> Is that going to say faculties when you're talking about a faculty member, right? Uh, so let's call them academic peasants. Now, see, I created a class and everyone in this class of academic peasants are exactly the same and everything they think is the same without exception. They all like the same movies. They all have the same tastes all because they have poor critical faculties and they are professors at universities. This is the, this is the logic of Mao, right? what they do is a manipulator. This is, this is more manipulation, right? They frame it and name it. Now it's, it's, it's an idea to get a grasp of some, you know, abstract ideas, you frame things and name them. But when you frame and name things, it's very easy to, uh, to uh, be in error, right? Just because you, you 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 make an arbitrary frame and you create a name for something doesn't mean that that's what it is. Like if you look at the ocean and you frame one piece of the ocean and you say this is you know whatever body of water you want, it's all right, it's arbitrary, right? So it doesn't make it true. But we all know uh, in this case there are indeed academic peasants. <laughs> if you talk to most professors that are on social media, anyways. They are indeed academic peasants. They have very poor critical thinking uh, faculties. Uh, Another thing Mao does is uh, he calls his people revolutionary. And anyone who is not his people, anyone who is not revolutionary, one of his revolutionaries, he calls reactionaries. 
Reactionary meaning people who want to return to a previous status quo. But as all leftist weirdos do, definitions are malleable. They're always changing the definitions, right? So they just, if you're not one of us, you are a reactionary. And a reactionary is somebody who wants the previous, it's a straw man, right? They start defining what they say you are because you're not one of them. So the entire world all thinks the same if you're not one of the revolutionaries. This is clearly horrible logic, right? This is, uh, it's a, uh, it's an either or logical fallacy. Um, Straw man, I guess. I don't know. But apparently it works on communist simpletons, people who fall for it. A red flag of manipulation is when someone is oversimplifying people or things. For example, classes, us and them, revolutionary, reactionary. These are clear indicators of deceit, right? The, the, the oversimplification of things, right? The loss of nuance. These are intentional, and these people are idiots. Um, Mao is openly irrational. He writes, we should support whatever the enemy opposes, and oppose whatever the enemy supports. So if the enemy supports reason, Mao opposes it. Now, this is not only irrational and idiotic, it's the path that Mao's enemies could use to manipulate him and his idiot supporters simply by stating that they support X, which is sufficient to get Mao and his band of idiots to say that they're now against X or whatever that is. (laughs) So... You know, let's not stand for what we believe. Let's just stand for what the opposite of whatever they believe. And they have control because they're telling us what they believe and what they don't believe. This is the quality of Mao's, you know, ideology. (laughs) Moron. He follows the uh, Orwellian doublethink of arguing against something and then immediately supporting what he was arguing against. It's... It's bizarre when you read it, you're like, what the f-? right? I think what it is, it's more they're just trying to redefine something to its opposite, which is common, you know, the, or the, the doublespeak, right? Love is hate, right? Peace is war, right? Dogma is, you know, um, is, is control, freedom, right? So when he talks about dogma, he writes, dogma is counter to Marxism. Then in the same paragraph, he writes, the principles of Marxism must never be violated. In other words, it's, it's dogma and it must be followed. <laughs> he, he just writes a bunch of assertions and bullshit propaganda. Uh, he writes, uh, he, he claims uh, capitalism will be replaced by the socialist system that it's an objective law that is independent of man's will, right? This, the, the, you know, then he goes on for years writing how socialism must be fought for every minute or else it will collapse. Well, which is it? Is it an objective law that it's independent of man's will? It's inevitable that the, 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 you know, the socialist system will float to the top, right? The rest of his writings and his ramblings are all about how it must be fought for every second, every minute, or else socialism will fail. 
well, it's totally contradictory to what he just said, right? So it, it doesn't it doesn't take a genius to see the conflict in Mao's garbage logic. He makes many other bullshit assertions that are completely opposed to objective reality. Now, one thing I like about the guy is he he argues for objective reality, but <clears throat> it's all part of his of his shtick. So he argues his bullshit system, which literally starved millions, tens of millions of people. Some say up to 70 million, right? I think it was like 40 million and then the, the birth rate was knocked back and then the 40 million. So it was like 40 to 80 million people, you know, ceased to exist. Um, Chinese people anyways. And it, so, so they, they, they starved and, and there was the, the, the system of agriculture and he was arguing that their their system of agriculture is superior, where the capitalist um, the capitalist system of agriculture is bad. When in real in reality, the agri system of the the capitalist world brought billions out of starvation, and Mao's system caused millions to starve. Right. So he doesn't think much about the uh, the six hundred million Chinese that were around back in the day. He literally called all 600 million, every Chinese citizen, poor and blank, mentally blank. Poor is good for him to motivate them to do what he wants. And blank is good so he can write what he wants on their clean, blank, empty minds. I can't imagine the 600 million Chinese of the day were that mentally blank. Mao makes no bones about dictatorship. He likes it. He tries to redefine dictatorship as a benevolent thing. He defines the first purpose of his dictatorship as to suppress anyone who resists his revolution. And anyone who is not actively supporting his movement is the reactionary enemy. He wants to deprive capitalists and their like and the like and people like them, uh, the right to vote and their freedom of speech. Now, this is similar to what we hear with the woke bigots of today wanting to block people's votes and suppress their freedom of speech. So the manipulator's prime goal is to suppress voices of opposition to their cult. And communism is clearly a cult. He defines his second purpose of his dictatorship as to protect against subversion. Now, if we recall the definition of subversion, subversion is to overthrow or destroy from within. So Mao tries to uh, use reason mixed in with propaganda often to try to fool lazy thinkers. For example, he writes about how under the leadership of the Communist Party, the people are bringing about communism by carrying out a nationwide debate, which is both guided and free. (laughs) Guided debate that is free. He sets forth facts and reasons things out so as to correctly resolve contradictions among the people. Now, this is is part of his um, flawed thinking. He uses this model of contradictions change comes about because of contradictions right so it's it's a it's a just a bullshit model that he created and then he bases everything on this crappy model right 
So self-education and self-remolding of the people. So Mao consistently uses the words unite, consolidate, centralize, and tries to make it seem that his singular view is the view of the hundreds of millions of disparate, varied Chinese people. He wrote about how exploitation of the working class constitutes the character of his enemy. Yet today in China, you know, outside the Apple factories with the slave labor, they have suicide nets around the buildings to keep the workers from killing themselves. Now, if that's not exploitation of the working class, Mao writes about using logic and reason. And then writes, every communist must grasp the truth. Political power grows out of the barrel of a gun. So much for the light of intrinsic logic and, and truth of communism's you know, inherent uh, beneficial uh, character to, uh, to win people over, right? It doesn't win people over because it's bullshit and lies. And, and that's why he wrote political power grows out of the barrel of a gun for communists. They have to use physical violence to win people over because logic and reason, the truth of it is not sufficient because it's bullshit. He writes the seizure of power by armed force, the settlement of issues by war is the central task and the highest form of the revolution. This guy is a Klingon. He later writes, the only ones who crave war and do not want peace are monopoly capitalist groups who depend on aggression for their profits. Hold on, did I say that right? The only ones who crave war and do not want peace are monopoly capitalists who depend on aggression for their profits. Yet the seizure of power by armed force, the settlement of the issue by war is the central task in the highest form of the revolution. So, right? You start putting these things side by side, you start seeing this guys for, you know. So clearly monopolistic capitalists want to make money and not war outside of the military industrial complex, right? On the other hand, they, they, they want war, right? Because they can spend their crap and, and banks who lend money to both sides uh, to buy stuff and, you know, after people destroy stuff, right, to replace it, you know, they would borrow more money to rebuild, right? So the banks love war and the military industrial complex loves war, right? And apparently the communists love war. People like Mao want to push uh, their politics. They want war to push their politics on everyone. Not convincing argument, war. Communist scum like Mao know communism sucks, so they often try to soften the concept of communism by using euphemisms. You know, they make it sound more free. They love throwing the word, uh, throwing the word democratic, to describe the dictatorship. So when you hear the democratic republic or the social democracy or the democratic revolution. They mean communism. These communists, they know it sucks. If, they, if, if Otherwise, they would just call it what it is, communism. But they try to soften it 
because they know rational people realize it's garbage, so they try to hide it. So Mao knows people want democracy and freedom. So he, in the fashion of the communist, redefines and equates democracy and freedom with centralized control and discipline, which are the opposite of democracy and freedom. Centralized control is the opposite of democracy. (laughs) Discipline is the opposite of freedom. Now, you could be free to be disciplined, but discipline kind of, you know, implies that, you know, we're forcing this, you are going to be disciplined, right? He makes bullshit predictions like there will be an era of perpetual peace for mankind. (laughs) What kind of peace where everybody's stuffed into a cage, pumping out iPhones, clearly trying to fool peaceniks into joining and becoming the opposite of what they actually want to be. Peaceniks become warriors for peace. (laughs) So Mao sometimes substitutes uh, words in an Orwellian fashion. Instead of saying to achieve lasting control, he'll say something like to achieve lasting world peace. So when he says world peace, he actually means control, right? Or he'll refer to uh, like-minded dictatorships as peace-loving countries, right? So when he says peace-loving countries, he means other communist dictatorships. <laughs> At least Mao is open to his, his plans of constant manipulation by propaganda. He, he doesn't really hide it. Right? He says, we should carry on constant propaganda among the people. He doesn't limit his propaganda to the people. He also writes about constant propaganda, constant propaganda to his trained cadres, the people, the party, and everyone. So cadres, what are they? Cadres are just full-time political trolls who are trained to try to convince everyone that Mao's ideas are the only correct ones. Mao claims that without the backing of the people, a political movement is just a paper tiger, which is probably true. He, uh, but he uses this argument that everyone against him doesn't have the support of the people, which is right. Despite his having to use war and a barrel of a gun to win people over. So, what an idiot. He claims persecution of a movement serves to accelerate that movement. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But if it did, wouldn't he want that persecution to move his movement forward? Right. In reality, he's just attacking those who disagree with the evils of communism. He claims his enemy will not last long. Why? Because they always do evil things. What evil things? They're always doing it. What is it? We don't know. Mao never says. Mao sounds more like a 12-year-old just complaining. And he does not sound like a wise leader. They're always doing that. Meh, meh, meh. (laughs) So Mao makes a lot of baseless assertions. Over and over. Like when he's talking about war, he writes, Battles can only be fought one by one, and the enemy forces can only be destroyed one by one. He wrote that back in 1957. 
and he knew about nuclear warheads because he wrote about nuclear warheads. Yet he still made the obviously wrong proclamation, right? You drop a bomb, you drop a nuke, people aren't fighting one by one. It's one plane knocking out hundreds of thousands of people, right? It's not one by one. So this is clearly just some arbitrary assertion that he made. For what reason, I don't know. Try to make some kind of garbage point. Another thing a lot of these cults like communists do is they, uh, you know, be it religious or political, they love to claim they're on the side of science. They used to claim that they're on the side of God, but today, well, actually from the, going back to the 1950s, so for like the last 70 years, they're claiming, or even more, back to the 1920s and 30s, they claim they're on the side of science, right? Ooh, we're on the side of science. Are you really on the side of science? Because science and reason has won over superstition and bullshit. So they try to appeal to those who appreciate the actual science and reasoning, but they know it's not actual science that the, that's on their side. They will say the science of our ideology or the science of our religion, right? It's obviously all bullshit and, and desperate reaching to see if any suckers will fall for it because there is no science of religion, right? There's no, there's no science of their cult, right? And even today, science is being brutalized, right? I think a lot of, uh, a lot of these scientists went to Epstein Island and there's a lot of these other weirdo, um, black male cults out there and these people have been manipulated. They were going for the scientists. Why would you target scientists? So you can get the scientists. Why would you blackmail a scientist, right? So you can get them to say what you want them to say at an appropriate time. Why? Because people trust scientists. And if the scientist is saying something, you're not going to assume that he went to Epstein Island and Jelaine, uh, whatever her name there is, uh, Maxwell, you know, has proof that this scientist was there and, you know, banging minors, and they have video of it, which the FBI apparently loses, or do they keep track of it? And they're actually, they're using it to try to blackmail now. You know, like, give me a break. Anyways, tangent. So Mao uses extremes. He writes, the, uh, the object of war is specifically to preserve oneself and destroy the enemy. That's the purpose of war. But earlier he claimed the main purpose of war was the seizure of power by armed force. So there is nothing peacenik about communism. It is the seizure of power by all means possible. Mao is all about force. He writes, without a people's army, the people have nothing. By the people, he means the targets he has successfully brainwashed. In Mao's world, the news media are the regime. They're not controlled by it. I think it's semantics, you know, when you have the managers of the news agencies as part of the regime's cadres, yeah, they are part of the regime. Mao writes things like the minority must obey the majority, but the majority are only those who have been successfully indoctrinated. So the minority must kneel to the tyranny of the mob, but not just any mob, only the brainwashed mob, right? So in any form of government, uh, you know, control the minds of the people, you control everything. Here's an example of Mao's technique of mixing good ideas in with manipulation. 
He writes, ask your subordinates about matters you do not understand or do not know. I don't know about seeking out your subordinates' ideas. One should probably seek out one who is knowledgeable about the specific thing you're looking into, but that's not Mao's point. He goes on, we should never pretend to know what we don't know. That is a fantastic idea. That is a good point, right? We should never be ashamed to ask and learn from people below, right? His hierarchy. Communists have to stratify people, right? So that's all great advice, but then he drops the other shoe. What the cadres at the lower levels say may or may not be correct. After hearing it, we must analyze it. We must heed the correct views and act upon them. Hmm, all right, sure, sounds good. The only logic or method he gives is, in, is conditioning, not logic or reason. He finishes with, listen to the mistaken views from below, the people below. It's wrong not to listen to them at all. Such views, however, are not to be acted upon, but criticized. <laughs> so he's really just about giving the lower castes an opportunity to expose their lack of conditioning so that the superiors can correct it, perhaps with a sugar-coated bullet. Mao makes a claim that uh, to not grasp something firmly is to not grasp it at all. This is the fallacy of dogma. Actual science shows that there is so much more that we do not know than what we do know. We can design functioning circuits without having a firm grasp on the quantum effects of how a basic transistor works. You know, you put a little voltage here, but a little of that will have a little current going in, depending if it's a MOSFET or, you know, different types of transistors. We can use recipe and cookbooks to sort of manipulate them and program them and do fabulous things with them. But we may not actually fully grasp the quantum effects. And I could say that because I don't think there's anybody out there who does fully grasp quantum effects. <laughs> this is the basis of transistors. All right. So to say you grasp something completely is to be close-minded and, and arrogant and wrong to say you understand some of something but you don't know its full breath because we don't yet know the full workings of the universe is more rational right Mao just writes to use figures without recognizing how data can be biased and compromised based on unrecognized assumptions or biases the man is not a critical thinker this is given for all communists, I suppose, right? That's the, the one uniting feature of a communist is they are not a critical thinker. If they were, they would not be communists. So Mao surprisingly writes that they should have come together, not only with people who hold the same views, but also those who hold different views. He backpedals on this really heavily. But the fact that he put it out there leads me to believe it's bait for the lazy reader, the lazy thinker, the lazy listener to, depending on the, how, you know, how they were getting his information, who would agree with it and then lower their defenses while Mao then fills their heads with the evil that is the antithesis to what they are like, yeah, I like that information. And then he just does the exact opposite, right? And shoves the, the, the garbage into your head. He writes, to ensure democracy, democracy, 
under centralized guidance, right? It's not democracy if there's centralized control. That's called totalitarianism, right? Centralized guidance is not democracy. Uh, his checkpoints of uh, control are all top-down dogma from centralized control. He, he'll toss, you know, good words around like objective, right? And, and, but they're meaningless in the context of his actual message holistically. So to sum up his ideology of power, the people are controlled by propaganda and the people are the force of power. Control the propaganda control the power. He writes about how shortcomings or mistakes found among the cadres and peasants can be remedied or overcome, provided we give them positive help. <laughs> positive. So long as we correct them like some Orwellian dystopia. Mao tries to promote the echo chamber of delusion by calling people who are, uh, incapable of seeing the enthusiasm for socialism as blind. And at times they go so far as to confound right and wrong and turn things upside down. Really, Mal? That's what they do. It sometimes they go so far as to confound right and wrong, right? Because, right, when a communist is brainwashed and sees things backwards and they come across an unbrainwashed person who sees reality as it is, uh, the brainwashed kami can find solace in Mao's words that the normal person is blind and sees things upside down and backwards and not the brainwashed kami, right? Because they, they would see that and there'd be this cognitive dissonance. Well, hold on a sec. What are they, they're saying? The total opposite. I shouldn't listen to them. Ignore what they say because they are confounding things and turning them upside down and backwards, right? This type of psyop is being used on us today by the corporate news media by trying to get people to dismiss the concerns of those who are against vaccine mandates. Even doctors who are specializing in this for like 30 years, don't listen to them, right? Let's silence them, right? Because we're using science, right? If you can't question it, it's not science. So they, they, they frame people who are against mandates as anti-vaxxers instead of what they really are, which is people who are hesitant to inject a product into their system without knowing the adverse long-term effects, which is completely rational, right? That's why we used to have protocols that take like a decade for a new product to go through before it's injected into humans. It's essentially a, uh, a straw man fallacy, but it's, it's used to manipulate other people. Another common trick propagandists like Mao do is to create a hero and then assign traits uh, of the manipulated onto this straw man hero. It's like a straw man argument where you make a bad straw man and you know you can attack its you know, weak logic, but instead it's an aspirational straw man. And the manipulator tricks the target into wanting to be like it, right? The, the working class hero is a common trope used by all forms of government, not just the communist to get people to feel like heroes for doing the shit work that nobody really wants to do, right? Recently, it's been used against frontline workers like nurses, 
calling them heroes. So long as they don't question the narrative, then they're branded with the scarlet letter of anti-vaxxer and they're fired and they're not given any of their EI, their employment insurance, right? Because they're anti-vaxxers. What kind of a f- country has Canada turned into? This is, disgu- this is happening in this country today. This disgusting fucking shit country. Another trick manipulators like Mao use is the uh, overgeneralization, which is a form uh, of the straw man, right? So you overgeneralize things. Uh, he'll create fictional people, brand, uh, you know, as some name, and then say such people are always passive or always fail to move forward at the critical moment and always have to be given the shove, you know, in, in the back to move a step you know, again, he sounds like a 12-year-old arguing in a schoolyard. You always do this, blah, 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 right? They're always, always this. They're always passive. They're always fail to move forward. They always have to be given a shove to move a step, right? So, <clears throat> and this is just some fabricated person. It's a straw man that he created, right? And then he overgeneralizes his enemy, which he just, he defines, right, as anybody who is not actively supporting him. Right. So a common problem with collectivists, people who want to have centralized control and not have, you know, uh, the people have a say like communists is, is groupthink. So a common problem with collectivists is groupthink. They're all told what to think and they must think in unity. Let's have unity. Let's all think the same. And right, anybody that doesn't think like us, right, they're an outsider, right? So they all think the same garbage. Mao tried to address the issue of trying to uh, tap into initiative and creative energy. And a solution was more ideological education. <laughs> he wrote to solve the problem. The basic thing is, of course, to carry out ideological education on the mass line. So I think he's referring to the masses as the mass line, right? But at the same time, you must teach these comrades concrete methods of work, right? So no, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, iterative, 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 no, no, no innovation, right? Just concrete methods of work, no iterations of innovation. Iterative, yeah, that's a word, iterative, iterative, God damn. Anyway, so he often refers to his uh, division uh, between the Communist Party and the people. A lot of us and them. So how to get the peasants to think the right way. How to strengthen the ties between the party and the people. He clearly does not think uh, the party is of the people. Right? They're separate. So it's not a grassroots movement of the people, regardless of what he says at other times. He argues for the dictatorship of the masses. This is what he calls it, the dictatorship of the masses. Uh, Then he argues against uh, tailism. Tailism is blindly following a popular opinion, (laughs) forcing people by the barrel of the gun to follow the dictatorship of the masses is tailism. So many contradictions in Mao's propaganda. He also argues against sectarianism. Sectarianism is a excessive attachment to a party or religion or a sect. 
right? I often confuse sectarianism with secularism. Secularism is excluding religious considerations. So secularism, no religion. Sectarianism is excessively attached to a sect, a party, or religion. So they're almost opposites. So Mao writes that one must link uh, with the masses. One must act in accordance with the needs and wishes of the masses. But the masses do not know what to think. So the party needs to control what the masses think with propaganda. He warns about the masses that are not yet brainwashed. He refers to them as the masses that are not yet awakened. Ooh, kind of spooky. Awakened obviously means brainwashed. Mao uses these interesting sentences that can be interpreted different ways, which is pretty crafty. For example, our comrades must not assume that everything they themselves understood is understood by the masses. Huh. So on uh, prima facie, on first, first hearing, right, this sounds like a reasonable statement. But if you pause for, for just a second, and you, you soon realize what Mao means. Our comrades must not assume that their conditioning is the same as the masses, and the masses may not be as manipulated yet. But he is saying this to the cult, so he can't say it, you know, openly, right? He has to rejig it for the targets and say their knowledge or understanding, right? It also implies us and them. So this, uh, this, the idiot Mao also talks about leading the masses. When earlier he referred to the will of the masses, the dictatorship of the masses. Logically, it can be both. If you're leading the masses, but it's the will of the masses that it's, you're supposed to follow, right? It's the exact opposite. So I'll, I'll quote him. From the, uh, from the masses to the masses. This means to take the ideas of the masses, scattered and unsystematic ideas, and concentrate them through the study, but through study, turn them into concentrated and systematic ideas. So this is, this is all him quoted so far. So rejig them to what Mao wants. Then go to the masses and propagate and explain these ideas unto the masses and brace them as their own. So he's admitting they're not their own ideas, right? After they've been rejigged by the party, right? By the few at the top. Clearly these new ideas are not the masses if they are to embrace them as their own. He said a, a similar thing a few months later. He said, uh, let me quote him. We should go to the masses and learn from them, synthesize their experience into better articulated principles and methods, then do propaganda among the masses and call upon them to put these principles and methods into practice. Even if you took Mao at face value, he's still implying that he knows what's best for the idiot masses who cannot function properly without him telling him them what they want. Right? So how stupid could you be? Right? The people clearly do not need Mao to tell them what they already think. This is asinine. In reality, he's telling them what he wants them to think, but is trying to frame it as what they want. 
This is what you want. This is what you think. What someone else wants is never a command. It's always a question, right? Unless you're an abusive tyrant. Mao also uses the the typical descriptors like backwards or old when referring to uh, whatever conflicts with his cult. Mao talks about how his way is the best for the well-being of the masses. For those who don't know, Mao brought about the greatest famine in human history and killed tens of millions of Chinese with his not well-thought-out centralized control. Mao referred to his uh, brainwashed minions as those imbued with a progressive political spirit. (laughs) Be wary when you hear someone arguing for a progressive ideology, right? Because Mao and these communists love to use the word progressive. He also wrote that um, not to have a correct political view, uh, a political point of view, is like having no soul. So this is Mao's uh, dehumanizing of anyone who does not share his political views. Obviously, to make his minions mentally justify the atrocities against humanity that they will enact for decades to come. Mao writes about the unity of the subordinates under the leadership of the Communist Party. So again, what happened to the masses leading, right? The the unity of the subordinates under the leadership of the Communist Party, right? There's no masses leading there. There's no uh, dictatorship of the majority. So Mao tries a, uh, a logical argument in the form of A is B, and C is B, therefore A is C. When he writes, what really counts is conscientiousness and an assertion, right? That's just an assertion. What counts, what really counts is conscientiousness. And the Communist Party is most particular, particular about being conscientious. Conscientious. Jesus Christ, I can't say that. So he's arguing what counts is the Communist Party, right? A is B, C is B, therefore A is C. So what he's saying, what counts is the Communist Party. So he's being a slippery shitbag. The more you read, the more you realize he argues communism is not about truth or what is right or definitely not what is better. Never is better mentioned. It's about promoting the idea of communism using any and all methods. Collectivism by wannabe totalitarian globalists. You know, when what we should be doing is decentralizing, teaching critical thinking, and letting people decide on their own uh, using, you know, critical thought, you know, understanding all the different known biases and open source information. All this is the enemy of communism. Mao wrote about being kind to his enemies. Try to win them over. Then in 1944, he wrote, First, we must be ruthless to our enemies. We must overpower and annihilate them. Second, we must be kind to our own. (laughs) It should be noted that Mao defines his enemies as anyone who is not actively supporting his ideology. Even someone who agrees with him but is not actively doing something to support him is the enemy. He wrote six years earlier, 
that we must start with the basic attitude of respect for soldiers and the people and of respect for the human dignity of prisoners of war. This is rich coming from the Chinese communist who today harvest organs from Chinese people who they do not agree with, like the Uyghurs and the Falun Gong. It's funny when you read Mao and he argues for communism indirectly by arguing for the illusion of democracy. If communism was so good, he'd be arguing for communism instead of trying to dress up communism as democracy, like I mentioned a little earlier. He stresses that people should speak out and speak what they believe. This is to expose all the wrong things so that they can be dealt with. And he did, like I mentioned earlier, he threw them in work camps. In an Orwellian fashion, uh, Mao creates the, the bullshit concept of democratic centralism, which is an idiotic oxymoron. It's not a democracy if a centralized group is dictating. It's a dictatorship. It appears Mao wants to uh, use votes to expose the wrong thinkers, again, to deal with him. Mao also argues against ultra-democracy. Now, he's arguing for democracy earlier, but now he's arguing against ultra-democracy, where people actually get to say, get a say because it destroys discipline. Then argues that inter-party democracy is meant to strengthen discipline and increase combat effectiveness, not to weaken them. So... <laughs> This leads one to think if democracy is so good, why are the communists anti-democratic? The cognitive dissonance of the communist, right? Centralism is inefficient, evil, and only benefits the few at the top. The word democratic when used by communists is propaganda. Mao writes about destroying ultra-democracy because it damages or completely wrecks the party. Right? It weakens or even completely undermines the party's fighting capacity, rendering the party incapable of fulfilling its fighting tasks and thereby causing the defeat of the revolution. There's a lot to unpack here. First off, it's obvious that the Communist Party is based on violence. Second, the party is so weak that the people voting on issues is sufficient to completely destroy it. <laughs> right? It's so weak ideologically. Right. Obviously, the party is not uh, based on truth and, uh, and what is best or else the, the vote would support that. So when you hear the term democratic socialists, know that they are commie assholes. When Mao talks about education, he says nothing about critical thinking, logic or reason. It's geared towards socialist indoctrination. It's training, not education. Dogs are trained, critical thinkers are educated. Another technique used by Mao is the uh, appeal to the sentiment of legacy, right? The only uh, legacy humans actually care about is the legacy of their children's survival, if they have kids. Mao quotes uh, Zuma Qian, through death befalls all men alike. It may be weightier than Mount Tai or lighter than a feather. So we can interpret uh, Chen's quote to a heavy death as a bad one and a feather uh, death as a pleasant light one. But Mao interprets a heavy death as a good one <laughs> and a light one as a bad one. So I assume 
that, you know, that's how he's interpreting it when he writes, to die for the people is weightier than Mount Tai, but to work for the fascists and die for the exploiters and oppressors is lighter than a feather. So in the end, why would anyone give a shit about their death being a mountain or a feather? (laughs) It's unnatural to die for the people. It's natural to die for your tribe and your offspring if you can't avoid it. But this dying for the greater good bullshit is commonly used in cults, religions, and ideologies alike. You know, the Islamic state, uh, terrorist types, right? Brainwash their targets to die for the greater good and blow themselves up or blow their children up, right? Uh, Cults drink the Kool-Aid and communists want you to die for their bullshit cult. So communism uh, being a totalitarian globalist ideology clearly does not fit in with patriotism. So it is humorous (laughs) watching Mao trying to marry these two ideas. Being a a globalist patriot is uh, yet another idiotic oxymoron from the uh, retarded mind of Mao Zedong. Mao begins uh, to... uh, to sound a lot like the Klingons from Star Trek. You know, when he talks about the the communist army's indomitable spirit and determination to vanquish all enemies. Kapla! (laughs) Mao has some creepy propaganda when he talks about marching along the path crimson with the blood of their martyrs. He really sounds mentally unhinged here, right? He's a communist, so that should go without saying, but... I could go into his ill-informed economic ideas, but they're just more false assertions, so there's not much to learn about manipulation from them. Mao talks about the relentless, uh, relentless and arduous fight required against his enemies, right? But later writes that they are on the verge of death and have no future. Then why would the fight against such a weak enemy be so arduous, right? Many contradictions in Mao's writing. He also doesn't know what inertia means. Several times he refers to it as if it only means a body at rest tends to stay at rest and has no clue that inertia also means a body in motion tends to stay in motion. <laughs> it's, it's not surprising that a communist doesn't understand one of the basic tenets of science. What is that? Newton? Is that Newton's first law? Pretty sure it's one of his first law of motion. So Mao appears to believe the uh, backwater nations are the ones who brought innovation, which is clearly not true. Over and over again, Mao argues for change, just change, not change for the better or a criteria for measuring if it's for the better, just change. This stupidity is common among leftists. You know, you hear them always talk about... uh, Disruption, right? Just just disrupt things. Why? Just just do it, right? Innovation can be good, but not always. We all know things can be over-engineered to the point of becoming useless. Same goes with their logical fallacy of the dialectical materialism. It's the logical fallacy of argument of moderation. The idea is have a thesis, create an antithesis or an antithesis, and then synthesize something from the combination. Ooh, that sounds good, right? Communist shitbags treat that fallacy as a dogmatic truth, 
the core of their logic is wrong. <laughs> it's the it's the uh, it's the argument of moderation, right? You know this this country wants every the the Palestinians want every last Jew dead. So the 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 argument of moderation is well, why don't you meet them halfway? Right. So that's the that's the communist argument of uh, of of moderation, the dialectical materialism. So the the valid idea Mao often argues is that theories should be tested against objective reality in practice, which is good, of course. Right. He 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 biases the result through the the filter of communism, which destroys the validity of any testing. So now it becomes garbage. It's useless. So the use of this pseudo-scientific method of propaganda is common today and is aimed at people who aren't critical thinkers but do appreciate the scientific method. So it worked, and I guess it still works today because people say, oh, it's science. No, just because you call it science doesn't make it science. Um, Mao's idiotic logic is evident when he writes that knowledge results in the practice of changing reality and uses the taste of a pear as an example. You must change the pear by eating it. But the eating of the pear does not change the class of pears. Pears, all pears, are not changed by you eating the one. Pears do not change when you eat them. Right, so the concept of pears. Yes, the individual pear, right, becomes chewed, right, but it's not changed. It's still pear, right? It doesn't become strawberry. It's still pear. You do not need to change the class of pears to have knowledge about them. Then he uses this garbage metaphor to defend changing a political system to learn about it, which is clearly invalid. You don't have to change a political system to learn about a political system, right? Like so many leftists today, Mao conflates the concept of change with experience. Experience and change are two different words with two different meanings. It's possible to distort your view uh, to follow his flawed metaphor, right? But then he's that's how that's how this works, right? But when you sit back, you realize it's bullshit. He uses this A to B, B to C, C to D, right? String of of bullshit, right? To lead the target to think that knowledge manifests from perceptual to rational knowledge. That's what he says. And then from rational knowledge to revolutionary practice. <laughs> so there's some uh, bogus thinking for you. That's a non sequitur, right? I could just as easily write knowledge manifests from experience to concept to anti Maoism. Right? I could say the same thing. A to B, B to C, C to D, right? Just stringing ideas together does not make them true. Right? Even though my string is way more plausible. So leftists often conflate ideas that are not the same. Then they try to remove nuance or use uh, association just by putting something side by side, right? And this is our juxtaposition, right? And this is a form of manipulation and deception. Change does not mean good. Change means change. Change means different. Change can be good. Change can be bad, right? But that's not what change, you know, change, good is not what change means, right? Disruption also does not mean better. 
disruption doesn't mean something will become better. It, chances are if you disrupt something, if you throw a wrench in an engine, that engine isn't going to become better, right? It's going to blow up. You throw a bat in somebody's spokes, right? You're disrupting the, the ride of the bike. It doesn't make the bike better, right? It's idiotic to think that disruption in some way implies better. It does not. And in fact, it most likely means way worse, right? But he lacks the concept of uh, uh, necessity versus sufficient conditions. Now, we went over this on an earlier podcast. And uh, just because one is working with, with valid data, which is necessary, does not mean that they have achieved the sufficient conditions to find the truth, right? I could look at a book of data and not come to the right conclusion. Just because I'm looking at valid data doesn't mean I will find the truth, right? Mao pushes a crackpot theory of contradictions. It's contradictions within a thing that, that, that are the cause of its development, which is just bullshit baseless assertions, right? It's this bullshit model that he came up with. Mao uses the technique of ancient Chinese bullshit to try to fool people as well. In one example, he refers to an egg being able to turn into a chicken in the correct temperature. But under no temperature will a rock turn into a chicken. No shit, Sherlock. That's the the fallacy of equivalence. A rock is not an egg. And it's also not temperature that creates a chicken, right? It's the genetic coding and complexity of life that creates the chicken in sufficient conditions, right? So temperature is just one of the conditions. But he uses these, this unrelated truth as a reason why his communist logic is somehow valid, right? Because a chicken will, will turn, or an egg will turn into a chicken, therefore my communist ideas are true. What the fuck? Non sequitur? Crazy motherfucker, right? I could just as easily say, just as the sun rises in the east, so too are my ideas universal truths. It's just gibberish, right? Yes, the sun does rise in the east. Therefore, his ideas must be true. There is no connection, right? He writes that sound analysis is impossible without intimate knowledge of life and without real understanding of the pertinent contradictions. There we go with his stupid model again. So he's implying that he does have intimate knowledge of life and real understanding of the pertinent contradictions. I can tell you humans do not have intimate knowledge of life or a real understanding of pertinent contradictions. Those who, uh, <clears throat> those uh, contradictions, like I said, are his bullshit model. The difference, the difference between a rational thinker and a critical thinker is that we know we do not know everything. The critical thinker knows they do not know everything. One of the reasons why we argue for decentralized control is because we know we do not know everything. Whereas the communist morons argue for centralized control because they think they do know everything better than anyone else, which is obvious bullshit, right? Mao also writes that analysis is essential. All right, sounds good, right? Again, the man does not grasp necessary versus sufficient conditions analysis is necessary but simply analyzing something is not sufficient 
to find the objective truth, right? I can, I can analyze something and not discover anything about it. It's possible to learn some things from analysis, but it's just as possible to have false findings from analysis, right? Analysis alone is not sufficient to guarantee discovery of truth. Mao hilariously gets worked up over smug people who are subjective, one-sided, and superficial in their approach to problems, right? He's describing himself, Marx, Engels, Lenin, Stalin, pretty much every communist, right? He's, he's describing them all with his, he hates them, right? So it's self-loathing, right? We need some self-reflection here, Mao. So he, he quotes Sun Tzu and tries to sound like he's all-knowing regarding not being one-sided and seeing problems from all sides. The problem with his arrogant assumption is that complex systems aren't so easy to realize all the sides. And just because you look at a problem from several sides doesn't mean you're seeing it from all sides, right? Everybody knows, right? There's a lot of things we didn't anticipate. Why? Because we sometimes can't find all the sides, right? Think, you know, thinking that you're looking at it from all sides is closed-minded and it's a major flaw in reasoning. And it's so common in leftist communists. I know better. I know all sides. Do you really? The fact that you say that proves you do not know shit, right? Mao later describes one-sidedness as simply being binary in one's... He doesn't say these words. I'm paraphrasing because I don't think he understood the concept of binary. So Mao describes one-sidedness as simply being binary in one's conclusions, all positive or all negative. He doesn't say it probably because he doesn't have the concept, but the implication that there are gradients to conclusions, which is true in many circumstances. But it's a logical fallacy to assume all conclusions are a gradient. 2 plus 2 equals exactly 4. It doesn't equal 4 plus or minus a bit. It equals 4 exactly. No gradient. Some concepts have no gradient. Some concepts do have gradient. Right? While Mao argues that truth can only be found through action in objective reality, Sounds good. He later argues that comrades, other than the only, he later argues that comrades should think everything over carefully in order to get rid of the blindness that exists to a serious extent in our party. <laughs> right? The resultant groupthink of communism and centralized control yielded serious blindness in the Communist Party at least as far back as 1944 when Mao was crying about it. So Mao is not complete shit, right? He does talk about prioritizing tasks, correcting mistakes often and early, and as well as not procrastinating. But his communist goal and reasoning is pure evil. Right? He quotes Stalin, the piece of shit, subhuman, murdering, garbage Stalin. In, uh, in referring to these theories as theory, in, in, in terms of referring to theories as being useless, if they are not connected to revolutionary practice. So if you have a theory, you know, maybe of, uh, you know, uh, relativity, right? If it's not uh, connected to a revolutionary practice, it is a useless theory, according to these closed-minded fools, right? Mao thinks theory is lower 
in priority than practice. Well, that's his, you know, subjective. While practical experience is obviously important, we equally need theory, right? We do. We need theory and we need practice and we need these two things working together to push the envelope of knowledge, come up with some new theories and then try and practice to experiment and see to get them work. Or sometimes people just stumble on things in, in experiments, right? So we need both. So Mao knows about assertions. He writes about assertions. So we conclude that when he's using assertions, he is intentionally using them uh, without premises or reasons to validate them. So again, Mao argues that investigation, any investigation will yield the truth, which any critical thinker knows is bullshit. An investigation might be necessary, right? But it is not sufficient to find the truth simply because one is investigating something. Otherwise, every investigation would have found the truth. We would need courts to simply investigate it. You get to find the truth, done, right? We know this is not the case, right? Mao often uses the uh, explain a reasonable truth followed by unrelated propaganda and tries to imply that one somehow proves the other, his non-sequitur propaganda over and over again. I don't know if it's a juxtaposition. You know, you put something side by side, that's right, juxtaposition. I'm not sure if this is a type of propaganda. So he knows he's doing it because he describes it as an attack on some straw man of the internal enemy, right? He writes, to indulge in verbiage, to rest content with a smattering of knowledge, such is the extremely bad style of work that still exists among many comrades in our party. A style utterly opposed to the fundamental spirit of Marxism and Leninism, right? It's necessary to proceed from objective reality and not from subjective wishes. However, many of our comrades act in direct violation of this truth. That's because the group think idiots are following Mao's example. That's just communism, right? He's been doing it nonstop through the entire book, right? And then he's all of a sudden starts complaining about other people doing it. I think he's really trying to tell the party that to only use that technique on targets, external targets, and not on comrades internally. I think that's what he's really trying to say. It's hard to, right? Because the guy's so full of shit. So Mao writes about... Mao writes about uh, how conclusions only come after investigation, which again sounds good. But again, the, the idiot doesn't grasp that conclusions do not mean correct conclusions, right? There's a lot of repetition in his flawed reasoning or his intentionally flawed propaganda, right? No necessary versus uh, uh, sufficient conditions, right? If, if, if we do an investigation and we come to a conclusion, it's the truth. No, it is not the truth. You did an investigation and you came up with a conclusion. It doesn't mean it's the truth, you morons, right? There's a lot of repetition in, in his flawed reasoning. So they are not one-off gaffes. He really means it. Again, I don't know if it's, in, it's he's intentionally trying to manipulate people or if he's honestly the stupid. But he, he also keeps referring to the process of completely knowing a situation before forming a strategic plan, which sounds good, but again, complex systems, we cannot completely know the situation, right? Best guess. This, this is the logic of science. He's trying to make it seem like it's deductive. It's, it's not deductive. 
We don't deduce. We can deduce things, but science and, and, and probability, that's not deductive reasoning, right? Yeah, so he's making it seem like it's deductive, but it's non-deductive reasoning when you come to science and probabilities, right? So uh, there's an interesting bit where Mao refers to communists as uh, they and not as we, right? He breaks up communist society into classes, his categories, right? The peasant, the working class, the political cadres, the military, and then at the top, the party. So it's odd that he'd refer to communists as they and not we, right? So he's, you are the communists. I'm the leader. I don't have to do your crap. I'm going to live with all these chicks and, you know, be disgusting. So the psychopathic things he did, the executions, the purges, the forced labor, sexually assaulting minors indicates that he did think of the people as separate from him and his oligarchy. What did Mao say about liberalism? He said that it is extremely harmful in a revolutionary collective. It is a corrosive that eats away at unity, causes apathy, and creates dissension. It is extremely bad tendency. That's what he said. It's an extremely bad tendency. So Mao's metaphors are so thin <laughs> it's clear he's all about brainwashing the people he said here i'm going to read this interesting little quote here about the dusty brainwashing right dust will accumulate if a room is not cleaned regularly our faces will get dirty if they are not washed regularly our comrades minds and our party's work may also collect dust and may need sweeping and washing, right? He literally talks about the minds of comrades needing to be washed, right? He talks about uh, correcting people's thoughts. It's spooky to hear a disgusting piece of shit like Mao talk like this, right? There's a bit of Blade Runner uh, when Mao doesn't logically follow the emotions of his own propaganda, right? He writes about how individuals are subservient to the masses, and then writes about how our hearts are filled with pain when we think of the martyrs who die for the people. If he followed his own bullshit, he wouldn't feel pain. He would feel pride for the individual's sacrifice for the masses. But he's letting his individualism show here, right? Ooh, can't have that. I skipped the whole thing about him talking about individualism, but uh, he's insane, <laughs> right? Anyways, so the, the whole book... Um, Mao's been saying how communists must do the bidding of the masses who got their corrected thinking from the party. But then in 1942, the idiot contradicts himself by saying communists must always go into the whys and wherefores of anything, use their own heads and carefully think over whether or not it corresponds to reality. <laughs> and is it really well founded? On no account should they follow blindly and encourage slavishness. <laughs> of course, you know, a lot of Chinese citizens actually did that and they were, you know, killed <laughs> or put in the prison camps, the labor camps, right? He also writes, a communist must never be opinionated or domineering, thinking that he is good in everything while others are good at nothing, right? Literally, every communist is exactly what Mao writes they must never be, <laughs> right? 
Another thing uh, Mao wrote is in direct opposition of every leftist today. He wrote, communists must listen. Uh, communists must listen attentively to the views of the people outside the party and let them have their say. If what they say is right, we ought to welcome it. And we should learn from their strong points. If it's wrong, we should let them finish, then patiently explain things to them. Can you imagine leftist, uh, you know, Berkeley or some university today following this? <laughs> no. What do they scream? Our streets, Nazis off our streets or some crazy crap. And anybody who tries to talk when, you know, they're not crazy far left weirdos, right? From Portland or something, right? So not only are leftists all about silencing others, Mao himself sent people who spoke out to work prisons and camps. So Mao also wrote about appointing people based on their merit, which is the antithesis of what the left do today. In fact, saying the concept is sufficient for the left to call you a alt-right Nazi or something, whatever alt-right means. But if you say somebody should be hired based on their merit, whoa, you're a Nazi. <laughs> Even Mao was saying people should be hired based on their merit. So these people are literally left of Mao. No shit. So it's funny to read about Mao crying about uh, Khrushchev because Khrushchev called out Stalin's over-the-top despotism. Mao was not a reasoned or level-headed person, nor were his ideas. Only once did I notice a woke comment from Mao when he wrote, the four authorities, political, family, religious, and masculine are the embodiment of the whole feudal patriarchal ideology, right? This coming from a man who washed his junk inside of women's vaginas, right? This is the guy who's saying that, right? The whole feudal patriarchal ideology, really you disgusting piece of shit, right? Mao describes how culture and art are both used for internal brainwashing and for offense against the enemy something we are seeing today with hollywood and pro sports like nba and bowing to the whims of communist china so mao pathetically tries to redefine dogma as a guide to action when referring to the theories of you know marx and and lenin it's interesting how the woke bigots of today hate old white dudes Yet the communist ideology was created by Marx, Engels, Lenin, Stalin, a bunch of old white dudes, right? After reading uh, his little red book, it's clear that Mao knew he, knew he was full of shit. What's surprising is the willingness of the idiot masses to follow his bullshit. And, uh, well, humans are so easily, obviously, programmable. As can, see, uh, as can be seen today by the willingness of many fools to give up our rights and freedoms because the state is using fear propaganda to create mass psychosis. So the next podcast might be on uh, Gustav Laban or Edward Bernays, maybe Lenin or Stalin, globalism. Maybe I'll do just genetic uh, psyops. Thank you.